It's the Eclectic Monk, brought to you by Sludge. The coffee like drink enjoyed by dozens. Remember, choosy slurpers slurp sludge. And now your host, the Eclectic Monk. Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Eclectic Monk. It's no secret that I am a music fan. I, I love music. I'm also a music writer. I'm a lyricist and a songwriter. And so one of the things that I do that a lot of people actually, turns out, don't do is I listen to the lyrics of the songs that I'm listening to. And in this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I want to bring to you six songs. Five of them were quite popular. That if you actually listen to the lyrics, they might be just a little bit creepy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We interrupt this program to bring you the following developing news story. Today, international war was declared. It happened in the back room of Hardware Hanks in Little Fork, Minnesota. There, the local council declared war on the neighboring village of Big Fork, Ontario, which sits 30 miles north, or 48 kilometers if you're Canadian. The disgruntled citizens of Little Fork said that since they had 1,100 people and six streets in their town, Big Fork, which is simply a wide spot in the road on the Trans-Canadian Highway, should give up their name. Little Fork is bigger than Big Fork. Therefore, the citizens of Little Fork want to become Big Fork and force the Canadians in Big Fork to accept the moniker Little. This declaration of war was given with the stipulation that the strongest weapons to be used are Skittles, and it's been reported that drones carrying open bags of Skittles have been launched from Big Fork to drop Skittles on the unsuspected citizens of Little Fork. We'll keep you updated as the details unfold on this escalating international conflict. Citizens of nearby Grand Fork had no comment on the matter, saying they have no fork in this fight. Stay tuned. So this phenomenon has been going on a very long time. The songs that I'm going to share with you are all songs written by men who are old enough to know better and yet somehow find themselves either attracted or connected with girls who are below the legal age of consent. That's right. These are songs for the creepers. First one is actually from 1937. 1937, Sonny Boy Williamson was the first person to record a song called Good Morning Little School Girl. Now this song has been recorded many times and the version that I found was from 1965 recorded by Junior Wells and Buddy Guy. It's a great song. In fact, it's such a great blues song that in 1990 it was entered into the Blues Hall of Fame. And yet, when you listen to the lyrics of this song, what it's about is a man who is not underage waking up with a girl who is underage and wanting her to go explain to her parents why she didn't come home last night 
and make sure that they know that he is a schoolboy too. Because otherwise, he's going to be in big, big trouble. A good morning, schoolgirl. Can I go home with you? Tell your mother and your papa. I'm a little schoolboy too. That's the thing about these songs. They're great music. And this is no exception. Again, the Buddy Guy, Junior Wells version, fantastic song. The harmonica is great. The guitar work is fantastic. It's a great, great blues song. But when you listen to the lyrics and actually pay attention to what is being said, the story that's being unfolded, well, it makes you cringe just a little bit. And it started in 1937. So this problem... It's not a new problem. The next one I want to share with you was from, from 1968. Gary Puckett and the Union Gap released a song called Young Girl. Now, the first time I heard this song, I was, you know, five years old, so I didn't think anything about it. But when I was an adult and I actually heard it and listened to it and listened to the lyrics... I was really struck by the fact that this is a song about an older man who finds himself attracted to a girl who he thought was of legal age, but it turns out she isn't. And he tells her, you should run home to your mama before I lose control and do something that I'm going to regret. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. The amazing thing about this song, which was released in 1968, is that it went all the way to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. That's right. All across America, people, moms, dads, brothers, uncles, cousins, and young girls themselves were belting out the lyrics to the AM radio hit, Young Girl, by Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. And they never realized... Just what a creepy song this was. It's terribly inappropriate. But it was a hit. That's what I'm talking about. We interrupt this program again to bring you this update. Hostilities in the Fork Wars escalated today when Little Fork launched a surprise naval assault on Big Fork. Sven and Ole Knutsen invaded the community by canoe and dumped malted milk balls on the front steps of the Loose Moose Tavern in Big Fork. When asked about the attack, the citizens of Big Fork said it was a whopper. Why the tavern was targeted remains unclear, but the retaliation from Big Fork is bound to be decisive. Meanwhile, in Grand Fork, the people remain unconcerned, assuring us that they just don't give. 
a fork. Stay tuned for continuing coverage of this international incident. The next song, and it's, it's really, it really is a weird song. It's a song by a guy named Benny Mardones from 1980. It's a song called Into the Night. And this is a fantastic R&B pop song. I mean, it's got everything. The arrangement is good. His singing vocals are, are fantastic. It's got the greatest hook. I mean, it's just a great, great song. Until you listen to that opening line, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. And it's the they say that gets you. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. Now, I did a little research on the song, and, and Benny says the song was actually written about this young girl who lived next door to him in Miami when he was writing the songs for this album and used to walk his dogs. And one of his friends said, ooh, look at that girl. And he said, hey, man, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. And then the uh, inspiration for the song came. That really doesn't make it any better when you think about it because the whole song is about the sexual fantasies of a grown man aimed at a 16-year-old girl. If I could fly, I'd lift you up, take you into the night. Creepy. Really, really creepy song. The next one is You're 16. Now, this was, this was originally done in 1968, but the version that most people are familiar with it was from Ringo Starr off of his great Ringo album from 1973. In fact, this song was so great, it went all the way to number one in the Billboard Top 100. It was a big hit for Ringo, who was 33 years old when he was singing You're 16, You're Beautiful, and You're Mine. You walked out of my dreams and into my car, and now you're my angel divine. A little bit creepy. Something even creepier about this song, it was written by the Sherman Brothers in the 60s. The Sherman Brothers, of course, were the very famous brother team who wrote the lyrics to so many of those beloved Disney films like Mary Poppins and The Aristocats and Jungle Book and on and on. And so while the Sherman Brothers are writing songs for children's movies, they also turn out a song about a grown man who is in love with a 16-year-old girl. You're 16. You're beautiful and you're mine. Now, if this is a song being sung by a 17-year-old, it passes. But there's nowhere in the song that gives us that idea. And certainly Ringo, at age 33, singing the song, even though it's tongue-in-cheek and... Paul McCartney 
does a kazoo sound on it in retrospect. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done this one. I don't know. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit creepy, but there you go. Number one, you're 16. I hate to do this, but I need to interrupt this broadcast again. Tragedy nearly struck today when a contingent of enraged lumberjacks from Big Fork crept into Little Fork with 100 pounds of lime fizzies, which they poured into the city fountain. The ensuing eruption sent foam flying through the town square. Town drunk Nate Butts was nearly drowned by the foamy wave as he lay passed out on the lawn. He was found unconscious by the mayor, Ferlin Hucklebuck, who was trudging through the foam and stumbled over him. Both men were covered in the sticky substance and had to be hosed down by local firefighters. This is an outrage, Hucklebuck said, as he stood soaking wet on the courthouse lawn. He claims that the use of fizzing powder is a breach of the Skittles rule and opens the door for the use of more powerful weapons in response. The threat of escalation was dismissed by the lumberjacks of Big Fork as mere rhetoric. Bring it, they said. Meanwhile, the Knutson brothers were unconcerned with reports that the Canadians have amassed a defensive force along the border consisting of an ill-tempered moose, a pack of feral dogs, and at least two wolverines. Sounds like breakfast, Ole said. Details of this growing international conflict are sketchy, but we will continue to keep our listeners updated. And in nearby Grand Fork, the citizens are ready for both towns to put a fork in it and shut up. Stay tuned to this channel for, well, updates on this idiotic issue. Whatever. My career is over. The next one from 1980. Also went to number one in the Billboard Hot 100. This was a big hit, not only in America, but in the UK as well. And of course, we could only be talking about the police and their wonderful song, don't stand so close to me. Now it's interesting because Sting, who wrote the song, actually was a school teacher before he made it big in the music industry. He had a little bit of uh, experience. But he says this is not an autobiographical song, and I certainly hope it's not, because the song is all about a teacher who takes advantage of the, uh, what do you say, attraction of a student, a young girl, who just wants to ride in his car and then gets caught by the other teachers and has to deal with it. He has this little line in there. Uh, he starts to shake and cough like the old man in that book by Navikov. That happens to be the book Lolita, which gives us our clue as to what this song is really all about because, of course, that is an inappropriate relationship between an older man and an underage girl. 
Don't Stand So Close to Me, is a great song. You can sing along with it. Everyone loved it. It went to number one. All over the world, people are singing, Don't Stand So Close to Me. But did they ever pay attention to the fact that what the teacher is saying to the girl is, Yeah, I know. We did something inappropriate, and now you're in love with me. But if you get too close to me in public, I'm going to be in big trouble. It's a creepy, creepy song when you really stop. Listen to the lyrics. Finally, a song by Jim Croce, and I love Jim Croce. Again, one of the great singer-songwriters of all time. It's off of his 1973 album, I Got a Name. The last studio album that he released uh, came out actually right after his death in a plane crash. But there's a song in there called Five Short Minutes. Now, this song was not a hit. It never got played on the radio. There were other songs that got played a lot more. I Got a Name, of course, was a big hit for him. But when you listen to Five Short Minutes, um, the whole idea is that he's a singer in a club and a girl wants to come to his hotel room. And uh, Five Short Minutes of Love got me 20 long years in jail. At least in this song, the perpetrator of the creepiness gets what's coming to him. And that's why I'm going to end on that note. Believe me, older men who are chasing after, are giving into, are infatuated with young teenage girls, well, they just need to go home and forget about it. Because nothing good will ever come from that. So there you go, six songs, six songs that make you want to say, um, what did he say? And then wonder, how did this song ever become a top 40 hit? Only in America, kids. Only in America. <coughs> this is the, uh, the last interruption, I, I promise. The Little Fork Navy and the Big Fork Defense Force fought to a standstill today at the international border. The naval forces were bombarding the Canadians with giant jawbreakers fired from potato mortars, while the Canadian forces pelted the canoes with atomic fireballs and lemon heads propelled with high-powered slingshots. The confrontation ended suddenly when the wives of both parties showed up and told the men to sober up and stop being so stupid. Mayor Hucklebuck of Little Fork agreed to make peace with Big Fork, but has put a motion before the city council to change the name of the town to Bigger Fork. The outcome of the vote is in question among the regulars at the Moose Drop Inn. At any rate, the incident seems to be concluded. And when asked if they had any input on the matter, the citizens of nearby Grand Fork said, and I quote, No forking way. And that's the news, along with my future in radio broadcasting. Good night.
Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Eclectic Monk. I hope you'll stick around and come back next time. Share it. Be sure you like it. Be sure you subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Till then, journey well. Enjoy your travels. And remember, you are deeply loved by the God who created you. See you later. This episode of The Eclectic Monk has been brought to you by Tingle. The new energy drink that does more than give you a caffeine rush. This one, you can feel. See you next time.